I want to go to Matthew chapter 9. We are in a series called We. I have loved this series, all about relationships. And I want to talk about um, a unique thought today. And I want to ask you this question. Who do you know that does not know Jesus? I just, I want that to get in your heart. I'm actually going to ask that a lot throughout the day. But I, I want this to get in your spirit today. Who do you know that does not know Jesus. Look at Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want to talk from the idea today, tag, you're it. Tag, you're it. Let's pray. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak now through me, that you would speak to our hearts that you would do in us what Jesus experienced, that we would have compassion that would lead to people finding life in Christ. I pray that you speak now in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna ask this question again. I, I just asked it and I wanna ask it again. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say it a few times throughout the message. Who do you know that does not know Jesus. Who do you know that does not know Jesus? I want that to get in your heart. I want you to think about it. I, I honestly, if you can, I want you to write it down. I, I, want you to, I want you to write it in your phone. I want you to write down some names right now that need Jesus. See, I, I've been talking about relationships. I've been talking um, about marriage, and we've been talking about friendships, and we've been talking about the Ten Commandments of great relationships, all these things. But I, I understand that in your life and in my life, we, we know people that don't know the Lord. We know people that have not yet experienced life in Christ. And today's message is really a call to you to share your faith, to share your story, and to see people that you know that do not know the Lord come to know the Lord. Remember, friend, that faith is personal, but faith is never private. Faith is active. Faith is not passive. We've got to share our faith. You know, in John 14, 6, it's a, it's a very um, famous scripture. Jesus actually said, I am the way, I'm the truth and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. I want you to think about that right now. Jesus is the way, he's the truth, and he's the life. So life defined as Christ, truth defined as Christ, and the way to God, the way to heaven, the way to life, the way to truth, the way to eternity with Almighty God is through Christ. We, we do not believe there are many ways to God, we do not believe there are many ways to heaven. There is only one way. As believers in Jesus, we actually believe this literally. 
we take the words of Christ literally. Listen, that, that very verse that I just read, that ought to stir our hearts to share what we believe. Once I place my faith in Christ, I now have a responsibility to share that faith. Not, not preach at people, not judge people, not condemn people, but to share what God has done in my life. So I'm going to ask you again, who do you know that does not know Jesus? Who do you know that needs to know that Jesus loves them? Who do you know that needs to know that Jesus died for them and rose again for them? Who do you know that needs to know that God has a plan for their life, that he cares for them? That he wants to do something amazing in them and for them and through them. Who do you know? that does not know Jesus, I want to ask you one more time, would you please write those names down because we're going to begin to pray and we're going to begin to believe God. I want to give you three points today as we think about this and as we enter into Holy Week and as we enter into Easter. I want, to, I want to say this first. There is not a harvest problem. There is not a harvest problem. Here's what Jesus said. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus compares the people who need help, the people who need hope, the people who need him, like a huge field that can be harvested. And he said, it's massive, it's, it's plentiful. This means that there are people who would get saved, who would turn to Jesus, who would leave their old life of sin if they knew about Jesus. There is not a harvest problem. The scripture said right there in Matthew 9 that the people are harassed. They're, they're helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. Confused, fearful, bound in addiction. Imprisoned in their sin. Depressed, medicated, hurting. Jesus saw this and it, it moved him. He said they're like a sheep. They're like sheep without a shepherd. And friend, we know that shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. You're not the shepherd. Our shepherd has a name. He is the great shepherd. Psalm 23 said, the Lord is my shepherd. Our shepherd has a name and it is Jesus. And we have friends and family and coworkers who are hurting, who are harassed and helpless. And when Jesus saw this, he did not judge them. He had compassion on them. The word compassion is amazing. It, it literally means to be moved in the bowels. Literally, his stomach turned. It, it physically affected him when he saw the needs of the people. I'm praying that God would give us compassion. I'm praying that God would give us a burden for lost people that do not yet know Jesus. That God would give us a passion and a compassion for those around us. I, I, want you to, I want you to begin to pray this week that God would give you the ability to see your family that does not know Christ as sheep without a shepherd. That coworker like sheep without a shepherd. That friend as a sheep without a shepherd. Friend, I just want you to know something today. Jesus isn't going to go to them. 
We're going to go to him. Jesus said, guys, we need to pray that workers would go. He, he didn't say, I'm, don't worry about it, I'm going to go. No, 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 he said, y'all, you're going to go tag. You're it. There is not a harvest problem. Number, number two, there is a laborer problem. There's a labor shortage in the kingdom of God. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. He said there's a labor problem. There's a laborer problem. There's a worker problem. Here's, here's what I want you to catch. He didn't say it's the world's problem. He said it's the church's problem. He didn't say, hey, guys, there's a lot of people helpless and hurting and harassed by the enemy of their soul. But you know what? There's nothing we can do about it. It is what it is. Nope. I think sometimes we could see the evil of our world and go, it is, I guess, what it is. We, can, we could see the pain in our world. We had, we had tragedy this week in our nation, and we can just kind of give into it and just say, well, I guess this is just what it's always going to be. But Jesus didn't say that. Jesus said, guys, there is, there is hope, and you have that hope, and you need to bring that hope. He, he said, the problem is that the laborers are few. This word labor means worker. It, it literally means one who does. Y'all, we got to get to work. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I, I want you to understand this. Only God does the building, but we do the laboring. I, I, can't, I can't grow City Light Church. I can't, I, can't, I can't do that part. Only God can do that. But man, I can work. I, I can't guarantee the growth of the kingdom of God, but man, I can pray. I can share my faith. I can reach out with compassion. I can be a part of God's kingdom story in this city and in this nation and in this world and in my generation. Only God can build it, but I can work. People ask all the time, how has City Light grown so much? How, how are so many people coming to Christ? How are so many people generously giving? How are, how are, how are so many people being baptized? I, I don't know. God, only God can build it. But I can say this about our team, about our serve team, about our step boy. We know how to work. Only God can build it, but we do have to work. There is something that God is asking us to do. And I, and I want to remind you that there is a difference between a consumer culture in a church and a kingdom culture. And I've always strived and I always prayed, God, let, let City Light have a kingdom culture, not a consumer culture. Wow. We, we get to choose. Do we want conviction or comfort? Calling or convenience? Worship or entertainment? Heaven or hype? Praise or performance, servanthood or selfishness. All about souls or all about me. Generosity or greed. Following Christ or following culture. Friend, I want to be a part of a kingdom culture. I, I don't want City Light to ever be a consumer-driven, grab your coffee, grab your popcorn, and watch the people perform on a stage. No, 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 friend. I want us to be laborers in the harvest field. 
Check out these staggering statistics. 70% of Americans will never be invited to church. When I say that, here's what I mean. 70% of Americans will never receive a personal invitation to church. Oh, they might see an ad on Instagram. They, they might see something on Christian television or they, they might hear something about church. But, but 70% of Americans will never receive a personal invitation to church. Oh, man, the laborers are few. How sad. Look what it goes on to say. And 84% of Americans would attend church during the holidays if they were invited. When we say holidays, we're talking about Easter and Christmas. There is a unique openness this week to the kingdom and to the gospel. 84% of people in our nation are saying, yeah, I'd go to church if I was invited. But most will never even be invited. I'm not telling you to be a theologian. I'm not asking you to be a gospel preacher. I'm not telling you to, to, to be an apologist that knows how to talk about all the mysteries of Scripture. I'm just asking you, can you invite somebody to church this week? People are open to the gospel this week in a unique way. we got to share our faith. Bring somebody to that egg hunt. Bring somebody to church. Invite somebody to what God's doing at City Light. They're open. They just need to be invited. Look what the scripture goes on to say, Romans 10. Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Woo, we love that scripture. It's all about how we come to Christ. How do you come to Christ? Call upon the name of Jesus, amen. But how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without somebody preaching to them? Don't, don't get caught up on the word preaching. All that word means is proclaim, herald, speak. Paul goes, salvation is so easy. Just call on the name of Jesus. But how will we ever call if we're never told? Friend, life is short. Eternity is long. And Jesus is the way. Can I just say that one more time? Life is short. Eternity is long and Jesus is the way. And if we believe that, and I hope you believe that, and we ought to tell people. I'm not asking you to go down to the strip with a picket sign and start yelling at strangers. I, I don't think that works. I want to tell you, I want to tell you how people come to Christ. Their friends and their family tell them about Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not against street preaching. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that that's, that's, that's not the norm. What needs to happen is we need to take responsibility for our world. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, let me tell you why you're here. Look at the words of Jesus. Boy, I love this in the message translation. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt, seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? 
You've lost your usefulness, and you'll end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill. As public as it is when you're driving on the 15 and you're coming back into Vegas from California and you see the light of Luxor popping up and then before you know it, you make that crossover right before St. Rose Parkway and you see the whole city open up before you. That We're here to be city light church. We're here to share the light of Jesus. We've never been here to curse the darkness. We've always been here to shine a light. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives by opening up to others. You'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Shine your light and do not hide it. Share your salt. Salt not only brings out flavor, but it preserves. And without light, there is no hope. Friend, we gotta share our light, share our salt. Let me just be real practical with you for a moment. The first thing that everybody can do that's watching this is you can invite, invite excuse me, friends and family to church. Invite people to church. When you go out to eat, at the end of that meal, don't just put down the tip. Put an invitation to City Light Church. On a Sunday, every Sunday morning on your way to church, you ought to post something in your Instagram stories. On Facebook, I'm heading to church. On Twitter, if you're still on Twitter, I'm, I'm, I'm heading to church. On whatever other social media accounts you have, I'm going to church. Join me at City Light Church. Invite friends and family. You have no idea who might open up their social media page that morning and go, Man, I need to go to church. Invite people to church. Invite people personally. Send out text. Hey, I'd love to have you at church. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but I go to church. Hey, why don't you join me at church? Invite people to church. The worst that can happen is they say no. Here's another way we can shine our light. Offer prayer. Offer prayer. People are going through a tough time. People are opening up their heart. Man, this is happening in my marriage. Man, this is happening with my kids. Man, this is going to offer prayer. Hey, can I pray for you? What a beautiful question I wish believers would learn to ask. Can I pray for you? Imagine what would happen. You know, you might have a couple of people go, no, that, that's okay, okay. And then you know what you let them do? You, you, say, you say to them, okay, I'm, I won't pray now if you don't want me to, but I am going to be praying for you. But can I tell you, for the most part, like, in my life, I've been serving Jesus since I was 15, I'm 39. I don't know if I've ever asked someone, can I pray for you? And they've said no. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's ever happened. I don't think I've ever looked at someone and said, can I pray for you? And they said, no, 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 I refuse it, no. Pray. Man, the prayer of faith can change a life. You don't have to pray some beautiful, eloquent prayer. Pray from your compassion. Pray from your gut. Pray from your heart. Ask God to help them. If you don't know what to say, tell God that and tell your friend that. God, I don't know what to say right now, but God, we're trusting you. Pray. How about this? Be a witness. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that you shall be my witnesses. 
Look at that. You'll be my witnesses. Watch this. You'll be my witnesses, not my attorneys. Witnesses, not attorneys. What's a witness? It's just someone who shares their experience. I'm not asking you to be an apologist. I'm not asking you to understand every nuance of Scripture. I'm asking you, if God's done something in your life, share it. I I love John chapter 9. There's a a blind man who's healed by Jesus, and they start asking him all of these questions. Who was it, and how did it happen, and when did it happen, and who was it, and what all these, and, and, and finally the guy goes, I don't know. I don't know all the nuances of what happened in my life. Here's what I know. I was blind. Now I see. Just be a witness. All Jesus is asking you is to share your experience with him. Not not to be perfect. Not to have it all figured out. Not to have a perfect, cute little theological answer for everything. But just share what God's done in your life. It's called sharing your testimony. Maybe you've heard that word. It's called testifying. It's sharing your story. It's letting people know what God's done in your life. It changes lives. Share your story. Number three, we can solve the problem. So it's, it's not a harvest problem. It's a laborer problem but we can solve the problem. How how do we solve it? Verse 38, pray earnestly. Pray. Because if you will start praying for your friends and if you will start praying for your family, you will not be able to contain the light. You will not be able to contain the salt. You will not be able to contain your story. When you begin to pray for others, compassion starts to build. Here's, here's a little phrase, pray and obey. We, we, we say that around miracle offering, but can I say it right now? You gotta learn to pray and obey. You start praying for your friends, you start praying for your family, you start praying for your coworkers, you start praying for compassion. Can I tell you what happens? God will start doing it, God will start leading you, God will start guiding you, and then you start to obey. Pray for boldness. Pray that God would give you boldness. You know, that's a prayer request that the Apostle Paul had in Ephesians chapter 6. He said, guys, please pray for me that God would grant me boldness. What a prayer to pray. God, give us boldness to share our story and to share the message of Jesus. Pray for open hearts that God would open the hearts of your friends and family to hear the beautiful message of Jesus. Pray. Samuel said in 1 Samuel 12, 23, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Samuel says it would be a sin not to pray for you. I'll tell you right now, a prayerless church is a sinning church. But a praying church is a pure church. Samuel said, it would be a sin that I do not pray. I want to tell you, begin to pray. Jesus said, here is how we turn this problem around. It's not a harvest problem, it's a laborer problem, but here's how we turn it around. We begin to pray. 
First Timothy 2.1, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. We begin to pray for people. We begin to intercede, get in the middle. Stand between that person and the devil and pray. Stand between that person and temptation. Stand between that person and what they're going through. And we begin to pray. We, we intercede. We get in the middle. We intercept with our prayers. We pray for people. We become a praying church. That city light would be a praying church. I want to tell you what we're going to do. All this week, starting Monday, starting tomorrow, we're going to pray every morning. We're going to pray at 7 a.m. on YouTube. So I want to make sure that you're following us along on the journey and that you're following our YouTube channel, City Light Vegas. And we're going to pray every morning at 7 a.m., Monday through Friday of this week. And we're even going to pray Saturday, Monday through Saturday we're going to pray. Now I want to ask you to join your faith with ours as we enter into this beautiful week of Easter and as we celebrate Holy Week. We're going to have great times of prayer and worship. And we're going to be praying for you. We're going to be praying for your friends and family that do not know the Lord. We're going to be praying uh, for any miracles and needs that might uh, be needed. We're also going to be praying for our city. We're going to be praying for our wonderful, beautiful city of Las Vegas. And I want to ask you to join me in prayer every morning at 7 a.m. A praying church will be a mobilized church. A praying church will be a reaping church. A praying church will be a soul-winning church. And I, I want to ask you to join me in prayer. I want to ask you to join with me in prayer. Pray with me. I'm going to pray for you, but pray with me this week. And I'm believing that God's going to do something extraordinary in our church. The harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, pray. I want to be a part of that, per, of, that, of that church that harvests, part of that church that works, a part of that church that labors in the kingdom. I just refuse to be a part of a consumer Christianity that's all about me. I want to be a part of something greater. Jesus said, not everybody's going to get this. But if you'll pray... God will turn your heart and he'll give you the same compassion that Jesus experienced. He looked out on the people and he loved them, had compassion on them. Let me just end with that. Maybe you're watching right now. You don't know the Lord yet. You don't know Jesus yet. I want to pray for you. I want to believe that God can turn your whole life around right now. You feel far from God. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ or maybe you did it one time in a different season of your life and you need to come back to Christ. I want to pray for you. I want to believe that the spirit of the living God is going to make you brand new. If you've never said yes to Christ, pray this prayer with me right now. Maybe you need to rededicate your life. Pray this prayer with me right now. It's not really about the volume of your mouth. I, I do want you to say these words out loud, but, I, but even more, I, I want this to be from your heart. Pray. Pray with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again for me. Jesus, 
Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sin. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. We believe if you prayed that prayer, you'll never be the same again, friend. You'll never be the same again. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for this amazing church. I'm praying uh, for the week ahead. I'm praying for our nation. I'm praying for our country. We need revival like never before. We need a, we need a praying church like never before. And I'm believing that God's going to do something supernatural this coming week, Easter. Who do you know that does not know Jesus? Write those names down and start praying for them. And don't just pray. Invite to church this week. Invite them to the egg hunt. Saturday, April 8th, 10 a.m., right at Sierra Vista. Invite them to church Saturday, 6 p.m., Sunday, 9, 10, 30, and 12. Offer prayer. Share your story. It's not a harvest problem, friend. There's, there's plenty of people who need God. We got to join in as laborers to see it happen. In Jesus' name, we're going to have an awesome week. Join me in prayer every, every day this week, 7 a.m. on our YouTube channel. We would cry out to God. It's going to be awesome. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you. And may the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week.